Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition, because nobody's told me any different, because I said email me, you know, if I should call this a chapter edition or whatever. But here I am, the Ed Hallback Show. Happy to have you on board. Thank you so much for listening. If you know how much fun I'd have, you'd write me a, a ticket for something. I don't know. You'd try and get some money out of me. But anyway, uh, at the Ed Hallback Show, we are sticking to our games, life stories with sarcasm, smart ass remarks, and awesome guests. Speaking of awesome guests, I have a guest who's been here before, and I'm going to give him a ton of grief, and he knows it's coming. Uh, it's Mr. Tim Coffey. Uh, he is president and CEO of Coffee Grounds Studios, right? Right. Okay, Tim, welcome. Uh, and, and what's the name of your studio? Uh, it's it's um, The studio itself is Abbey Room, not Abbey, Abbey Road, but it's a production of Coffee Grounds Studios. Uh, Productions. Yeah. And how many productions have you done out of there? Uh, I've done five. Oh, all right. And I'm not, I haven't marketed it yet. And so it's only on one platform. And I'm not a numbers person, unlike you. So uh, I'm just taking my time, obviously. I'm not a numbers person. I can count to 10 because I'm not an amputee. <laughs> and if I got to go further, I got to take my socks off. But no, I have to razz Tim a little bit because he usually gets a Monday phone call. Because him and I both came up with the idea of doing a podcast in uh, our later years, should mm -hmm. we say. Yep. And um, I just, uh, you know, he, he in the race, I'm the hare and he's the turtle. And his will probably turn out better than me and he will finish the yeah, race. But, but this, this is the way I roll here. So, yeah, it, it's kind of fun. We're going to talk today. Tim is a, I don't know if I should use the term expert, but I'm going to guess from North Iowa he's an expert. But he probably is an expert. His his Abbey Room studio is filled with albums and pictures and memorabilia and books about the band that took over America in, what, 1962? 64, that's what I meant. And they flew over here from Liverpool on... Pan Am? B-O-A-C. That's what I meant to say. Good. I'm glad you... <laughs> See, he is an expert. So, yeah, they flew over here and Ed Sullivan introduced him. Let me introduce the Beatles. And, uh, yeah, I think it was I Love You, Yeah, 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 or something. All My Lovin', and I saw her standing there. Um, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Let's see, there was one more. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they were... Uh, they had long hair. Oh, it was terrible. Girl screaming. Yep. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It it was something else. But anyway, they stood the test of time. Fortunately, I was able to see Paul McCartney in concert just about four or five years ago, and he put on a hell of a concert for phenomenal yeah. for then a seventy five year old man. He had three hours straight ta talent and charisma, and it's never it's, took a sip of water. Really? Yeah. You got to stay hydrated, young man, <laughs> especially when you get old. I know. He's, somehow he pulls it off. Wow, wow. Well, anyway, uh, let's see. What do my notes tell me to do next here? I think I went through everything because I just read them. Yeah, Pan, Pan American Airlines, wrong. British, what did that stand for again? British Overseas Airline Corporation, I think. And that has something to do with the song on the Apple label. I think it was the reverse of Hey Jude. Uh, back in the USSR, am I correct on that? Was, that? Yeah, that was on the uh, the White Album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and but there they said uh, they were flying that plane, or Fle I can't recall the exact lyric. Flew all night across the sea 
Uh, B-O-A-C, didn't get to bed last night. On my way, a paper bag was on my knee. Man, I had a dreadful flight. I'm back in the USSR. You don't, don't know, know how lucky you are. Back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, when somebody says the Beatles to me, and I grew up in that era that I listened to them and listened to them, and I still listen to them, uh, they're just timely and classic. The first song that comes to me is let it be. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's the most popular, the number one, you're the aficionado. I'm just a, a fan. And uh, in the song, let it be, the lyrics go, and Mother Mary comes to me. And I always thought that in a biblical sense, mm -hmm. but I think I was wrong, am I? Uh, that was Paul's mother's name. And she died when Paul was 14 of breast cancer. Oh. And the other thing that John and Paul had in common was John Lennon lost his mother. I think at age 17, she got hit by a car about a block from from where he was living with, with uh, uh, his mother's sister, Aunt, Aunt uh, Mimi. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty um, traumatic. Both of them lost their mothers young. Yeah, so as, as uh, let's see, was, was their only label Apple? They were on... Uh, Had nothing to do with Steve Jobs, right? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, they, they were on uh, EMI, and EMI owned Capitol Records here in the United States, so uh, that was the brand. Actually, Capitol was not going to record them. They're not, not going to take their, their music, but uh, and Decca Records would not give them an audition because they said guitar groups were going out of style. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... <laughs> 50 but, plus but years. Apple, Apple was organized, I think, in 68, and a multiple corporations, retail, movies, electronics, and they actually came to a settlement with, with uh, Apple, Steve Jobs' Apple, and because Apple by the Beatles were first. And, and Steve Jobs was a huge Beatles fan, too. So okay. Don't know what the, what the settlement was, but they, they came to an agreement. That's interesting. So... So Apple and Apple had something in common, money. <laughs> money and, and love of the Beatles. <laughs> okay, okay, well, that's cool. An another Beatles song that I don't know anything about, and if, if please tell us what you know about it. I don't even know uh, other than it was a catchy tune. It's called Get Back. Oh, Get Back. Uh, if, you, if you get the DVD, Get Back, which is nine hours long and three different uh, DVDs, uh, in session number one, you see Paul McCartney just sitting there strumming his bass and playing his bass like a guitar instead of a bass. And because you're a bass player, you know how yeah. that works. And and the the song just starts to form, and he's get back, get back, do do do. And you see how he came up with that song right there. It it was incredible because it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Now, who was JoJo? Uh, just a fictional character. Ah, okay. Well, that, that makes sense. Tucson, Arizona was where Linda, his future wife, went to school, and she's from there. And they had, they have, uh, he still has it, a ranch uh, out of uh, Tucson. So, Oh, wow. A little Southwest uh, flair to the Beatles, one yep. of the most popular Beatles. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, another song. Because I, I got a lot of songs lined up here, and then I'll run out of material. But this is going fast because it's fun. Um, Love Me Do, what, what's the deal with that? That was simply a, that was really the first collaboration song that John and Paul put together. It came out, 
I think it was their first or second song and made it to like number 20 uh, over in the, the UK. And, um, but it, it brought the harmony out and uh, John was playing the, the, uh, the harp in there too. Oh, wow. And I think it's, yeah, Love Me Do also had two different drummers. Um, they had a studio drummer and Ringo came in and recorded the song uh, a second time with him playing because Ringo was just joining the group and Pete Best was out. Oh, and what year was that? That was in 1962, I think. I, according to my notes, you're correct. See, I thought I'd try and stump you today. <laughs> so um, who who was it, or did I miss it because I was staring at my notes here? Who was the Love Me Do? Was there a person, a female, no. with that? No. No? No. no. And I... And I Listening to you, I think three times now in a little under eight minutes, you mentioned Paul and John in the same sentence. It rolls out like peanut butter and jelly. What about the other two guys? Well, in a songwriting sense, Paul and John were, were a machine. George um, had music within him that he wanted to get out and eventually did. But um, John and Paul didn't really look kindly on George's songs and dismissed a lot of them which really created some tension and ill feelings between Oh, them. sure. Everybody's proud of their work. Yeah. Ringo was kind of, I'll do whatever you want, guys, you know. Just give me new drumsticks <laughs> when I break one, That's right? 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 Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, uh, another song is uh, Rainy Days and Mondays. What can you tell me about that? Oh, that's... You tell me about that. <laughs> Karen and Richard Carpenter, I stumped him. I stumped him. He, you should see in the studio here the look he gave me. Uh, yeah, it, if there was a buzzer here, that would have gone off. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's why it's my show, damn it. If you've ever heard me say that to Johnny G, I, I get to uh, do what I want. There's another song uh, called Nowhere Man. Mm -hmm. And Nowhere Man, I know nothing about other than it's kind of ballady, it's kind of catchy, it's kind of, yeah, talk to me about that. This song and a, and a couple others came out of what, what I termed the Dylan era that, that, that John was going through. And, um, sorry, go. ladies and gentlemen, just a little audio malfunction here, but we're getting over it. Um, the Beatles met Bob Dylan in 1964 on their American tour. And that was the king, along with Elvis. And, um, of course, Bob Dylan introduced the Beatles to marijuana. So they loved the lyrics of, of Bob Dylan. They're very introspective and all. So Nowhere Man was about John. And oh. uh, uh, also In My Life was about the same period. And I'm a loser uh, on the... Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> But yeah, this is, this is a period that John went through, and it was the start of each Paul and John writing their individual stuff versus collaboration too. Okay, so it's got they, a great baseline in there too by Paul. So, so this happened in say sixty four to sixty six, right? Sixty four to sixty five. How long were the Beatles in the U.S.? Uh, they their last tour was nineteen sixty six. Okay, and then. When did they get together as a band, as a couple of them, schoolmates? Yeah. Uh, what year was that? Because they were quite young. Some of the pictures I see, oh my goodness, I don't know if they shaved yet. John, John and Paul met in 1957. 
John was in a group that he organized called the Quarrymen. And Ivan Vaughn, a friend of, of Paul's, took Paul to a church feat in suburban Liverpool where John and the Quarrymen were playing. After they were done, Ivan introduced Paul to John. Paul uh, showed John how to tune his guitar. Uh, John's mother taught four chords on the banjo to John, and that's all he knew. Oh. And also then Paul played a couple of songs, one of which was a Buddy Holly song for, for um, John. And he was amazed that he could remember the lyrics because John made up lyrics. He, he couldn't remember anything at all. Maybe I'm amazed, or was it Baby I'm amazed? Uh, that was Paul's single. So. Oh, okay, okay. It's all of a sudden I'm. But then uh, two weeks later, Paul was invited to join uh, a schoolmate of Paul's. Was George Harrison? They rode together for school. A great guitar player. He got in the group, and they brought in Pete Best only because they practice in his basement. Oh, so everybody can contribute that yeah, way. Exactly. You know, if you need a place, you just got to pull somebody in, right? <laughs> right. Well, that that that's really interesting. So they started in '57, and how young were they then? Paul they were was, in school, like yeah, sixteen or something. Paul was fifteen. John was about seventeen. Uh, George was the youngest. I think he was thirteen or fourteen. Wow. Yeah, and Pete Bess, I think, was Paul's age. So, um, yeah, they, they came out as. The Quarrymen, then they were... Uh, What's a Quarryman? That's just the name of the group. I, I don't know. Okay. No, ah, I stumped him again. Yeah. Uh, then it, it morphed into the Sil Silver Beatles, then the Beatles. The The name Beatles came from Buddy Holly. Really? Buddy Holly and the Crickets. And that was a great group, uh, great artists that they all loved. The first acetate record that the Beatles paid to, to record was... Uh, that'll be the day by Buddy Holly. I'll be darned. Yeah. Wow. What you don't learn when you bring somebody with intelligence <laughs> into the studio. Yeah. Yeah. There's another song that here again, I deem as kind of a ballad. It's called Michelle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the background of that song, um, John went to all these parties. Paul kind of tagged along. Again, there's a couple year difference. Right. Paul's younger. He was an awkward teenager. Yeah. And, really? and he, he played in the band because he wanted to meet girls. So uh, Paul would put on this, this big show at, at these parties. He would sit off in the corner with his guitar and, and try to speak French and pretend like he's a Frenchman. And, okay. And um, he went to a lady who taught French to finalize the, the lyrics. And, uh, but, um, I don't know who it's about, but it's, it's a fictional character, but, uh, that's, that's pretty much, and John suggested that song. Why it, Paul, why don't you get that French song that you, you were trying to put together? And so Paul finished it and it was on an album. Great, great song. Oh, wow. <clears throat> how many, how many songs, I'm sure there were a lot of songs that never made the airwaves, but how many songs did the Beatles produce that hit the airwaves, especially in the U.S.? Well, including all the albums, um, probably over 200 songs. Oh, wow. And I think around 20-plus albums. Now, they, they were remade in, in the form of Best Of or right. Beatle Love Songs and so on. So a lot of, a lot of repetition in, in, in terms of the number of albums. Okay. Wow, that, that's, that's a lot of music because, yeah. you know, sometimes I... I listen to a lot of classic vinyl, classic rock when I'm driving down the road on XM, and uh, 
you get a lot of remakes or you get somebody else that sang it. Especially on YouTube, you find that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but these, and one hit wonders, you yep. know. And these guys think they'd had it made with a one-hit wonder, and they were never to be heard from again, and the Beatles had roughly 200. That's amazing. Well, they, they started to write their own music simply because when they would play a gig, starting out, there'd be two or three different groups the same night playing. They were all singing the same songs. Okay. And Paul said to John, hey, we're not standing out. Let's do something different so we do stand out, and that, that was the, the origin of them writing songs. Now, the hair, the long hair, as my dad would have said, which in today's terms is short, but not as short as mine. <laughs> Look me up on my edhallback.com. You'll see how short mine is. Um, was that the the British style? Or was that their own thing? Because, I mean, I know in the U.S. they sold Beatles wigs. Because oh, yeah. I remember some girls in school that came to school with Beatles wigs. Yep. And it's like, really? When the Beatles were in Hamburg, three different stints, uh, there was a girl that... that that Stu Sutcliffe, who was in the original Beatles playing bass, fell in love with. She was, uh, Astrid Kirshner was a photographer. And it was her that got the haircut idea and said, why don't you grow it long like this? And, and she wow. made Stu as kind of the guinea pig. And the others liked it. Again, something different. They stood out. So they came back to Liverpool. They had this completely different look. And Liverpool, I, I, I termed as their finishing school because that's when they became a really tight band. They would have to play eight hours a day for six six days a week in, in strip clubs. Wow. Wow. Well, Liverpool, <clears throat> it was the Cavern Lounge, right? Uh, yeah, the Cavern. Yeah. The, or just the Cavern. And now um, I happen to like to listen to the Mona Lisa Twins. And I think I've told you about mm -hmm. them. And they played at the Cavern, and there's some good video on that. You can find them on YouTube. Um, there are a couple girls from Switzerland, I believe. And uh, they they really rock the Beatles music. They do a lot of covers, and they have some originals. But they're in the Cavern. And I look at that stage with a ton of graffiti on it and everything, and it's like, man, that's tiny. Mm -hmm. But then uh, Ringo's drum set probably had five drums to it maximum, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And and the amplifiers were probably house amplifiers. Well, and they, The Beatles played, I think, about 300 times uh, over lunchtime in, in uh, uh, the Cavern. That was their main hub uh, from 62, 61 through 63. Okay. So, now, have you been to Liverpool, no, the no, Cavern? No, that's on my bucket list. Yeah, well, let's... You better go there, and if you're looking for a companion, I I could be talked into it, okay. especially if you spot me the ticket. But anyway, uh, another song before we run out of here was another one of Paul's love songs, "Got to Get You Into My Life." Oh, now was he chasing a woman at that time? If or, you listen or, to the lyrics, you would think that, but it's all about marijuana. Really? Yeah. Got to get you into my life, and. Another way of looking at things, I think, was, was the gist of one of the other lyrics. And uh, all of the Beatles were smoking pot. Okay. Um, George and John were the first to try LSD, Paul the last, but um, and John got busted for pot in, in Britain. Paul got busted for pot in Japan as, as a solo. Uh, but, yeah, it's all about marijuana. Interesting. Well, you know, speaking of drugs... 
the song that I always thought was about drugs, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. LSD, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that John says that song was originally from a poster that his son Julian brought home from school. And John swears, you know, the lyrics were almost verbatim off of that poster. Really? Yeah. But I, I'm just reading this in these notes here that I inscrupulously stole out of a book. I think by now most pop pickers know that it does not stand for LSD, which was rumored back in 1967. John denied it enough times, but that did not stop the rumor mongers. And it was banned from the BBC, too. It was. Yeah. British Broadcasting Corporation, yep. in case you guys didn't know. Um, yeah, so that that's interesting, all that they have going on. What do you have for insight of something that's probably nobody else knows but Tim Coffey, president and CEO of Coffee Ground Studios? Wow. Especially uh, the general public like me. I consider myself general public. Well, <clears throat> not General Tao. That's a little. I'll try to me. to answer that question based on a book I'm reading right now. I'm, I'm going to be doing a, a George Harrison class for a local uh, lifelong learning program in in, uh, in Mason City, um, and I never knew that much about George. Very complex uh, individual. The because of his religious beliefs of Eastern religion, um, John and Paul would call him behind his back, His Holiness, oh. and. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, it's it's a it's a great book called uh, George Harrison uh, behind the locked door, and um, so um, there was a huge tension between George and Paul, and 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 especially George and Paul. John was kind of flippant in, in his remarks, uh, but um, and that that contributed musically to the breakup. And 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 uh, Ringo just sat there and kept the beat. Yeah. George did get his... Re Paul would always tell George what to do, how to play the guitar. The reason being, Paul started out in the group as a guitar player. And, um, of course, George was a really good guitar player, and he would eventually say, I'll do whatever you want me, just let me know. And yeah. he would go home very frustrated. But he got his revenge in the last album the group did together, Abbey Road, in uh, the song something he wrote the song something in the way yeah she smiles yep okay i won't put my music to <laughs> but it but that that was george's turn to tell paul this is how i want it ah. this is how you do it and so kind of the last laugh you know uh people who are filled with art and talent they can be a little temperamental uh, yeah. Um, and I won't expand on that. But uh, anyway, Tim, this has been a hoot. I've really enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. There's more I want to learn. Let's say we do this again sometime. I would love it. And keep going There's through, a lot the, of material through the Beatles book. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening uh, to the Ed Hallback Show today. And my special guest, Tim Coffey, I think he's got something to say or else he has to go to the bathroom. He just raised his hand. As, as John said, after their last concert on The Roof in Roof. January 1969, The Rooftop Concert, he said... Uh, want to say thank you, folks, uh, and I hope we pass the audition. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was clever, clever. Well, hey, I'm going to close today uh, with a quote like I always try and remember to do. And and this one's very true, and I uh, I can attest to it. 
What consumes your mind controls your life. Yeah. And Tim's nodding up and down, so yeah, that so true. it must be true. So uh, that's a Zig Ziglar uh, line for you Zig fans out there. And you can get a quote from me every day of the week, seven days a week. Just send me an email at it at hallback.com. And uh, I will put you on my email list and you'll get a quote every day and be reminded that a new podcast comes out every Monday morning at 7 a.m. And I do that like clockwork, even though my wife told me one weekend I was really rushed and I didn't get it recorded until 6.30 a.m. And I forgot to put intro and extra music to it. But at least I was there because it's my show, damn it. Tim, thanks again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.